Is your idea of a bedtime routine falling asleep in front of your Netflix queue with your contacts glued to your eyelids? Friend, there's a better way. Today on Happier Music Teacher, the bedtime routine. Hi, and welcome to Happier Music Teacher. Are you a music teacher who has no time, no voice, and you kind of need to pee? I'm Beth Duhon. I'm a Christian, wife, mother, musician, and former stressed hot mess music teacher. I've been there. Join me every week as we work on easy micro actions so that you can be a happier music teacher. As I've gotten older, I'm definitely more like the princess and the pea regarding my bedtime. What used to work for me when I was younger, which pretty much was fly by the seat of my pants and stay up as late as I wanted to, doesn't work for me anymore. In fact, I need a lot longer runway to have a successful night's sleep than I used to, and even then, ah, it may or may not happen. So here is my bedtime routine. Once again, I am not the model of perfection on this. These are some things and ideas that work for me, and this is what it would look like for me on an ideal night, but let's be real, it's rarely ideal. Let's go. The most important step to all of this, I think, is to have a bedtime. Now, I will say a lot of times my bedtime is not when I end up asleep. A lot of times my bedtime is not when I actually end up in bed. But I have to believe that if I have a bedtime set, I'm much more likely to get there than I would if I didn't have any goal at all. In fact, I have bedtime set up on my iPhone. You might have heard me talk about this. And it's just a friendly little reminder. I think it's the Brahms lullaby, just a little snippet, uh, about 45 minutes before I have my designated bedtime set on there. It always shocks me how early that goes off. But if I'm going to be realistic, when that goes off, that's when I need to start my wind down. Now, if you have a bedtime, that also means that your kids need a bedtime. And as I say almost every episode, I'm in a position where my son is getting older. I don't have to do bathies. I don't have a super early bedtime for him anymore. And he can get ready for bed on his own. You know, it's a different thing. Depending on your season of life, this might look different. But I would really strongly recommend everybody in your house benefits from a bedtime. So let's start there. The other part about a bedtime routine is this is a full-blown routine I'm going to walk you through. You do not have to go from 0 to 180 on this. Build it slowly, and it needs to work for you, as everything I teach. Think about one thing you could do to improve your evening. Once that habit is solidified, add on slowly until you feel like you have a reasonable bedtime routine. And even then, there may be times that you just choose to chuck the bedtime routine and stay up and wait and watch a movie with your spouse. Totally fine. Just know what you're choosing the next day as far as your energy levels. If you've listened to my tidy hour episode, you know that there's a certain state I like my house to be in. Now, I will tell you, summer is much easier for that. Break is much easier for that than during the school year. But ideally, I have reset my house um, so I get a feeling of, ah. when the lights are off and the house is put to bed too. So like I said, just like the tidy hour, what that means for me, ideally, is that I have no mystery water in the sink, no dirty dishes, the laundry is not overflowing, the front room is picked up, there's a path. It feels so good to walk through and feel like, okay, there's always more I could do, but we're at a pretty good set point. We're going to be done with the house. Now, there are lots of schools of thought regarding this. I feel like you need to be somewhat prepared for your day the next day, but not so much that it's stealing your sleep, and there's a certain amount that you can only just do at the time anyway. So figure out what the right amount is for you. For me, uh, it is good for me if I thaw the meat for tomorrow's dinner or whatever, just so I have a plan. 
And if I'm having breakfast and lunch that I'm cooking or bringing my own, like packing a lunch and breakfast, I at least need to know what's going on. Even if you're stopping for fast food, if you know that the night before, you can plan that time into your schedule. And for your lunch, if there's something that you need to get ready, it just helps you know what you're dealing with the next morning so you're not stressed out when there's less time. If you're this type of person, it's really a nice idea to get the house darker, quieter, maybe relaxing music and candles. Those are things that don't always occur to me with the relaxing music and the candles, but I can tell for sure that if I have all the lights on and TVs blaring in a couple rooms, I am not feeling in a mindset to go to bed and relax. So start low key, turning the lights down a little bit in the main living areas, turning off the screens and getting your mindset in the rest and relax mode of your day. Now a word about the relaxing music and candles. I don't know if it could get more cliche self-care than that, but I will say, Gosh, they are such easy wins as far as time and money and energy. Just a flip of a switch for your music. Turn on your candles. Don't forget to turn them off before bed. We don't want a situation. But that can really change the vibe of your home and also your mental state. Back to your kids. It is totally okay in my estimation to deputize your kids to do as much getting ready on their own as possible, as young as possible, so that you can be a little bit more hands-off. Now, it's not to take you out of the bedtime routine. It's not to take you out of enjoying them, but it is to take the responsibility from you to them so they can take care of all that. I also think it's completely okay to have a time when they need to, they don't have to go to sleep, but they need to be in their room or they need to be in bed winding down with reading or something like that instead of up in your front room with the lights on and the TV. We're getting to a cute stage now where my son actually stays up later than I do sometimes, probably most of the time. So I actually have him tuck me in these days. I love it. This list is lengthy. You can definitely start early, as early as possible, even as early as you get home from school. You can modify it. Maybe this full-blown routine doesn't work for you every night and it's a treat for the nights that you have time. And otherwise, you just really essentialize the most important things about the routine for getting you to wind down. Now, I'm gonna be the teller of unpopular truths here for a second. I'm gonna encourage you to rethink alcohol at least during the week and before bedtime. It seems like such a good idea, right? You get home from a rough day of work and depending on what your alcohol choice is, you might have a glass of red wine or maybe a beer. And it just seems like it's really gonna be the thing. For me, I don't sleep as well and I definitely don't wake up as fresh. So some people, absolutely not an issue. They enjoy it. It's part of the rhythm and they look forward to that every day. No judgment here. But if you're struggling a little bit, you might wanna rethink that evening drink and maybe save it for your weekend instead. Along that same line, I tend to do the bad side of this more often than I do the good. But I will say, scrolling Facebook or Instagram, being on Pinterest, texting a friend, any of that late at night gets my mind revved up and doesn't really have me in the best mental space or zone that I'd like to be in. I notice such a difference when instead I use my iPad for good instead of evil. Social media is not evil. I'm not saying that. Uh, but instead, I read on my Kindle. A chapter is telling you there's a stopping point. Now, I might choose to go on to the next chapter and stop there or even bookmark a page, but something about reading doesn't get my mind as amped up, doesn't get the comparison going, doesn't get me socializing with someone else where I have to cut it off, and it helps me wind down and go to sleep. And for whatever reason, because I find reading more boring, I will go to sleep a lot sooner if I'm reading than if I'm scrolling. And for the love, do not be checking your work email or getting texts from your team after nine o'clock. I have a hard line about that. Absolutely not. Put your phone, do not disturb. Anything can wait till the next morning. Okay, so your house is darker and quieter. 
You're in the general vicinity of your bedroom. I would consider what to wear for the next day. It is much easier for me to figure out the night before than the day of. Now, let's be honest, I'm not a fashion plate, but it's just easier to make sure that everything's clean, everything's ready, and I'm not having to scramble. Another pro tip with this is the emergency outfit, which I haven't done yet, but I'm really looking forward to doing for this upcoming school year. Have one full outfit ready to go, so if, heaven forbid, your alarm doesn't go off, you oversleep, it's a morning where everything goes wrong, you can at least know you can grab that one old faithful outfit and have everything be fine. Okay, this is a divisive one. If you're going to shower or bathe in the evening or not. A lot of people swear by it. It's part of their wind down. They couldn't live without it. I enjoy it, but I'll be honest, it's not part of my regular habit. It's more the exception than the rule, but I feel so good when I do it. And for other people, they don't feel awake unless they are taking a shower in the morning to wake them up. They don't feel like their hair is fresh, everything. This is a very situational issue. So this is kind of where things will split depending on whether you're going to um, bathe at night or in the morning. Have a game plan for that. Have adequate time for both. I will say a case for the evening is you don't have to be as rushed when you shower at night as you might have to be during the morning with the timeline. So whenever you're done with your street clothes for the day, it's time for pajamas. I'm Beth, and I'm a pajama hoarder. Hi, Beth. I just saw my closet and had to get rid of all kinds of pajamas. I can't even tell you how many I had. Ridiculous. Also, I live in Houston, so why did I have six pairs of flannel pajamas? Search me. Anyway, I digress. All sorts of different ideas about what people like to wear to bed, right? But I think the idea of a real set of pajamas or whatever you like to wear tells your brain and tells your body that it's time for something different. So I really recommend that step. Now it's time for your face. There are a million different opinions and options on this. You may be very high maintenance and you have a 12-step skincare regimen that costs you hundreds of dollars and you're faithful with it and there's a retinol and I don't even know what. That is not me. But you also don't want to be falling to bed with a face full of makeup or even if you don't wear it, just a face full of whatever from the day. We've all been there. So if I haven't showered that night and I'm just planning on going to bed, I get the Campanelli makeup, let me see, Campanelli Makeup Remover Towel Set. You get a set, so it's always a fresh, clean towel, which is good to keep your face clear. And then it doesn't use any soap or cleanser unless you wanted to. You're not using a disposable makeup wipe. And it's just giving you a nice way to clean your face before you go to bed at night. If you are interested, I will link that in the show notes. As you know, I'm a home shopping person, and this one happens to be on sale. After I'm done there, I'm pretty religious about the eye cream. Nothing fancy. And I'm also pretty serious about putting some type of nighttime moisturizer. It's just a regular moisturizer without SPF. Like I said, I am not fancy. I am not God's gift of skincare. You probably have a nice regimen that you like to use. I will say the good enough skincare routine that you use is better than the perfect one that you never use because it's too complicated or expensive. Okay, time for teeth. I think you know what to do there. I set a timer just to make sure I'm actually taking enough time to brush my teeth. And like I said, we've all fallen asleep without brushing. Ugh. Very regrettable the next morning. If you don't do anything else, let's do that before bed. I always have water with me on my bedside table, so I use that to take my evening pills, which as we discussed in another episode, are in a pill sorter, so it makes it nice and easy. I'm not going through a container with different bottles and all that. I'm just taking the PM section of my pills for that day, and I can look at the week and notice if I missed any as well. 
Okay, on to the hair. If you're old enough to remember Phoebe from Friends, she kind of popularized that messy, crazy bun on top of your head. I do something similar. I have long hair. I have curly hair. I do the curly girl method, which we might talk about in another episode. Anyway, long story short, it's just code that I don't wash my hair very much. So I put it up on top of my head. That way it's out of my face during the night. And in the morning, hopefully it'll be a little less greasy and a little more fluffy. Totally practical matter because I also hydrate pretty well. I'm definitely going to go to the restroom before bed. Even if I do, more likely than not, I'll be up in the night. There was a time, probably two decades ago, but there was still a time where I would literally nothing would wake me up. No bad day would stop me from a full night's sleep. And now, like I said, princess in the pea, anything can stop me from a full night's sleep. So as much as possible, I'm trying to be proactive, not reactive. So I make sure that I go to the restroom before I get in the bed. Because once I get in the bed, I might debate whether I want to get up or not. And you know I'm going to need to get up. This is not so much of a thing during the summer, but during the school year, it really is for me. Um, if you're familiar with my story, one of the things is a foot injury that still bothers me to this day. Now, that's not poor me. Um, it is what it is. But Consequently, after a long day of teaching, even wearing compression socks and orthotics and every old lady thing you can imagine, my feet are still pretty ready for a break. So we are lucky we have a bed with an adjustable base. If you can advocate for that the next time you all buy a new mattress, by all means do. It is heaven. It has a low gravity setting and it really helps to elevate my feet. But if you don't, no big deal. Um, prop up your feet with a couple pillows. I wouldn't sleep that way. I think you might wake up a little bit crooked. But just the idea of having your feet propped up a little bit to relax them and also for varicose veins and everything, I think is awesome. Now, we've reached the part of our show where I'm probably doing something on my iPad. I don't want to have a light on for reading, so hopefully I'm reading my Kindle app. Sometimes... Okay, frequently, I'm scrolling on Facebook or Pinterest. But like I said, hopefully by that point, I've kind of wound down. The only lights in my room are just from the light of the iPad. I have it set so at least with the blue light, it's not so bad at night. I'm not sure what that setting is called. Now, a great alternative, I'll be honest, this is not me, is to pray or journal before bed. Some people like to write, and some people like to spend their time with the Lord before bed, their Bible time, their prayer time, their journal. I tend to take care of that in the morning. Um, I have not been much of a journaler in that regard in my spiritual walk. But like I said, that would probably be an ideal wind down instead of having the world hit you with social media right before bed. Anywho, what you're looking to do is make sure that you have a short runway to from there to go to sleep. You don't need to be on your phone or your iPad for 45 minutes. You maybe think about 15 minutes and your wind down with a goal of when to go to sleep. As you can tell, this is a full-blown bedtime routine, and like I was just saying, you don't have to be on your device before bed. I wouldn't even recommend it. I'm just being honest with what I do in my bedtime routine. So here's a sample bedtime routine in no particular order, just to recap. Think about that house reset. Now, it may not always be possible, and if you go to bed with a sink full of dirty dishes or your house is trashed and it's just time to call it a day, it's all right. It's not going anywhere. Brushing your teeth, taking your pills, cleaning and moisturizing your face. Shower bath in the evening if that's your thing. Hair in a pineapple, that's what we call it, up on top of my head. Elevating your feet if possible. Going to the bathroom. Prepping your clothes for the next day and roughly thinking through your meals for the next day. Tomorrow's dinner, your breakfast and lunch. Just low-key, easy prep. If possible, reading instead of social media or texting. Having a bedtime. If you don't have a goal, when will you know if you hit it? Giving yourself a long enough runway to wind down. None of this is complicated, but especially when you're tired, it all feels like it takes a little bit longer. So give yourself plenty of space for that. 
a dark, quiet space. Sometimes you have to work a little harder for this than others, depending on your house. Start to establish that rhythm with your family without being demanding. Real pajamas. It tells your brain and your body that it's time to sleep. Starting this as early and modifying this as much as you need to. Praying or journaling so you go to sleep with good thoughts. Rethinking that evening glass of wine and thinking about maybe having your kids tuck you in if they're of age. You can also put the responsibility for your kids getting ready as much as possible on them. And then also the idea of maybe relaxing music and candles or other lighting. And then building it slowly and it working for you that my bedtime routine does not have to be your bedtime routine. I'd love to hear your thoughts. BethDuhan at me.com. My next presentation is actually an on-demand session for the F-Flat Annual Back-to-School Symposium, or FABS for short. It's an online and in-person conference happening August 3rd through 5th. The in-person is in Westchester, Pennsylvania. This has over 30 presenters from the F-Flat community, and I think you'd really enjoy it. As usual, admission is pay what you want, which if you've been to other conferences, you know is not the case. F-Flat is also committed to paying their presenters equitably, which I think is just amazing. If you've been around the presentation world and music education, you know most of the time that you are paying to present and attend a conference and registration, and this is not how they do their work. Here's my session. Grants, donations, and other sources of funding, and it's an on-demand session, meaning that you can access it at any time once you've done the registration. Here's a spiel. Music teachers regularly miss out on thousands of dollars of much-needed equipment because they assume that the process of applying for grants, donations, and funding is more time-consuming and difficult than it is. Using her blend of tactical advice and guided journaling, Duhan helps educators move from overwhelm to action regarding seeking financial and other help for their classroom. Teachers will have time to brainstorm what programs are available at the district level, what information they always need to have on hand for applications, and how to evaluate if a grant program is worth their time. Music teachers will leave with a written plan of what they like for their classroom and what action steps they'll need to complete and when to make it happen. All this information, as well as my book, are available at fflatbooks.com. This week's verse of the day. In peace, I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me to dwell in safety. Psalm 4, 8. Today's Mindset Minute is the idea of setting a cutoff time in the evening where all your productivity ends. There is always going to be more housework than you're going to have time for and more things you'd like to get accomplished in the evening than you realistically can. There's always going to be more schoolwork to get done. And if you're like me and you have a side hustle, you, there's always something that you could do. So decide ahead of time that this is your cutoff time. You don't have to be rigid. But as much as possible, try to stick to it. Now, there's going to be the evening when your kid comes home with a science project and they need help and you're working on something lighter than you'd want to. Or you've done a big dinner and you have to clean up your kitchen. But as a rule, don't wait till the work's done. Decide when you're done working. Today's People, Podcast, and Promotion segment shines on Laura Vanderkam. You may have heard me reference her in former episodes. Laura Vanderkam is an author and podcaster. Her podcast is Before Breakfast, which she actually publishes every day. It's a very short, digestible episode. She's also known as an author. The work that I feel like you should look at is 168 hours. You have more time than you think. 
She also advocates for us keeping track of our time in a log. I've never done it, but I think it's a great exercise. And her newest release is Tranquility by Tuesday, Nine Ways to Calm the Chaos and Make Time for What Matters. Laura is just one of those people who is ridiculously productive, but also has a full, rewarding life. She sings in her church choir. She has five children. She runs. She writes. I want to be her when I grow up. Laura Vanderkam. Thank you for listening to the Happier Music Teacher. Don't forget to leave a review and subscribe and tell a friend.